0: To the Feed You Podcast, giving you the real scoop on raising your business to new heights, expert education, inspiration, and motivation to fuel your purpose, your passion, and your profits. Here's your host, Elisa Connor. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Feed You Podcast. I'm Elisa Connor and I want to say welcome. Welcome if this is your first time or if you listen every week. Thank you for tuning back in. I know you have choices for your podcast listening, and I so appreciate you being here every week and um, tuning into whatever comes across my field to share with you. So this week, um, I wanted to talk about calls to action. And I think that people get really kind of stuck on like, what is a call to action? When do I use a call to action? What, you know, how do I make it really powerful so that it actually works to bring um, new clients in and new customers in and and turn them into, you know, leads that turns them into new customers. Um, And they are really powerful and they're supposed to be used in some very strategic places. And I'm gonna talk about that today, but I'm also gonna break it down to, you know, what is a call to action? Like, what does that mean? Because if you're not a marketer, that is probably not a very common term for you um but there are some some strategic pieces to that and so i'm going to talk about that and then i'm going to also give you um i think i have like six yeah i have six different um ways to power up your call to action and then i have some tricks of the trade that i'm going to share at the end of the episode so Thank you for tuning in. We're gonna take a minute uh, to hear from our sponsor and then we're gonna get started. So let's hear from them now. One of the biggest frustrations I hear from business owners on a regular basis is, I need more clients. And I get it, every business struggles with getting new clients until you know how to do it. The problem is, is you spend your time networking and going to events and making phone calls that don't go anywhere. You're out trying to attract people to you when there is a much easier way. Growing your email list is so important because it fills your list with potential clients who actually wanna hear from you. And it gives you the ability to reach out to them on a regular basis and share what you have to offer. To grow your email list, you've got to have a great free download. Sign up for a free newsletter it isn't working anymore. You've gotta create a download that piques their interest, gets them to take action, and adds them to your list. Sounds easy, right? Of course it's not easy. That's exactly why I created my new free training to help you create an awesome free download. You can sign up at alisaconner.com forward slash create my freebie. This live training is gonna present the five easy steps that I've used with my clients to help them go from hot mess marketing to growing an email list that they consistently get sales from. So you don't wanna miss this training. Head on over to alisaconnorcom forward slash create my freebie and sign up today. I'll see you inside. All right, so let's power up those calls to action uh, I thought it was really important. I get, I get asked a lot, um, you know, exactly what is a call to action and how do I use it and what does it, you know, why, why do I want to use it? And so I always think it's important to give you some background on, um, the stats of the industry. And right now about 70% of small businesses, slash entrepreneurs, it, the, the, the statistic is for small businesses, but you know, entrepreneurs really have a small business. So, um, but about 70% of small businesses do not use a call to action at all. And at that, they are leaving money on the table when they're not adding that to all of their marketing materials. And I'm gonna get into all the places that that call to action need to show up in just a second. Um, but I wanted to break it down for you. So a call to a CTA, you'll you'll hear CTA a lot, stands for call to action and um it's basically the instructions that you're giving to your audience that helps them move through your sales funnel so if somebody comes and they um, for example they come over from facebook and they go to your website and you've got a freebie and it pops up on your website um, if it just pops up there and it doesn't tell them what to do it doesn't give them a reason to move forward or it's not compelling enough; they're not going to. They're going to close the window. They're going to click away. Um, whatever it's going to be. But if there's not a a very clear and concise call to action on that landing page or in that form or you know what, whatever that next step is for them, um, they're not going to do it. And so that leads me to okay. So where should I include a call to action? Well. Obviously, you want to include that on a landing page, I just mentioned that, but you need to make it very clear, very concise and make inspire them to take action. And so if your um, landing page isn't something that, you know, maybe your download isn't that exciting, or the, the reason you're asking them to move forward or to give you their email address isn't um, inspiring enough to them, they're just not gonna do it. And so that's why calls to action are really, really important. So you, you need to use them on your landing pages and your opt-in forms, of course. And they need to be short, they need to be syn- succinct. And um, we're gonna get into a little bit more about how to make those really work for you in just a few minutes but other places that you may not have thought about using those calls to action are in any type of advertisements. So if you're doing Google ads or, um, even, you know, even billboards, like, you know, I don't know if you if your business type uses a billboard or magazine publishing or anything like that, but any kind of ad. So if you're using Facebook ads or if you're using Google ads or you're using some kind of hard copy ad, um, you want to make sure that, that that call to action is compelling. You also want to add them to any type of content that you're creating. So if you're creating a blog, don't just be like, okay, comment below. That doesn't help you. Um, sure you want comments, but in reality you want them to take the next step. They've read this. So what's the next step? Is it to get them to another blog? Is it to get them to download something? Is it to get them to visit you on social media? Whatever that call to action is, you need to make sure that you include it and then it's easy and compelling. And there's a reason for them to keep moving forward. Um, same goes with videos. You know, you see a lot of video tutorials out there. I've been watching a lot of YouTube lately. Um, I have a, a new toy. <laughs> I'm a creative at heart. So, um, I have a new toy, to, a new toy called a cricket. I don't know if anybody's familiar with that, but it's this really cool tool put out, um, by Provo. I think it's Provo craft, but anyway, um, it enables you to cut out, uh, vinyl and, um, now they have an ink, version of that. So you can create your own t-shirts and coasters and all this kind of cool stuff. But, um, so I've been watching a lot of videos because it's new. There's some new pieces that go along with the ink printing part of it. And I, you know, I'm one that wants to go and figure out, you know, how to do it correctly. But what I find with most of these YouTube channels is they don't direct people to the next step of their sales funnel. And so they're doing all this work and they're spending all this money to do all these different things to teach people things. But, there's no monetization there and you will find that more often than not. Like if you're going to put all the time and effort into creating things, you'd better darn well have some sort of plan to make that work for you. Or you're going to get burned out. You're going to run out of money. Um, or you're just going to be like, why am I even doing this anymore? And so think about what that looks like for your videos, for your podcasts. You will notice that every time I have a podcast, there is some call to action, same with my emails and same with my blog posts. So if you need some examples, head over to alisaconner.com forward slash podcast, and you will see all kinds of examples, but those are the main places you want to use them. So pretty much anywhere that you're using marketing. The other place that I didn't mention is obviously your, um, sales pages. So if you're, you know, selling something, you better darn well have a call to action or nobody's gonna be buying it. And some of those calls to action, we'll talk about what they look like in just a minute. Um, So that's what a call to action is. That's where you need to put it. And that's what it does. So let's hop into, you know, how do you make those powerful? How do you make people take action? How do you make them move to the next step? Because Um, a lot of times we go from, Hey, do you want to go on a date out on a date to, Hey, do you want to get married in the same sentence? And that's not realistic. People aren't going to do that. So they're not going to meet you at a trade show and then automatically do business with you. You need to build and nurture that relationship. Well, that same thing can happen online. And it's all about creating that strategic plan to, um, invite them to continue to learn about you. You learn about them and, and, um, nurture and cultivate that relationship. So the first one, and I see this a lot on different websites, especially websites that are created, um, that are older. Um, but even, you know, web designers are not marketers. They're web designers for the most part. There are exceptions to the rule, of course, every time, but the marketing behind a website needs to be there or it is just a beautiful glamorous uh, magazine cover that isn't doing anything for you. And so my first recommendation is that stop hiding your calls to action. Stop hiding your landing page forms and your opt-in forms. Um, Have them be front and center because there's a reason you want them to come to your website and that's to work with you in some capacity. Going back to the example that I just used for YouTube you know, you have all these YouTubers out there and my kids are big gamers. So, um, an example is that, you know, they go and they watch these people play these video games, but then, you know, if they don't have ads that are paying for those videos, there's really no monetization there. And so they're just playing video games and recording them. And then they wake up one day and go, Hey, I have, you know, a million subscribers and I'm not making any money off of this. So why am I doing it? And then they stop. And so, um, that's the component that, you know, I would say probably larger than 70% of people make, people are starting to catch on to it, but again, they're not going to go from the ads are annoying and especially, um, they're annoying to me, but they're especially annoying to the younger generations like millennials. They'll just skip out of them. And so you've got to think of a smarter way to create a community and a relationship with these people. And, um, in order to do that, you need to call them to action. And when you hide those calls to action and you don't put them, either you don't put them in or you don't make them, um, stand out and noticeable, then they, they're just not going to take action. And you're going to be sitting there going, Oh, how I'm going to pay the bills this month. Well, because you haven't, compelled anybody to do business with you. So number one is make them um, visible and, uh, compelling for people to click on them. The second tip I have for you is this is where people go wrong. Um, they try to say too much in too little of a space. You need to be concise and clear and, um, address five specific, um, items in a very clear and concise way. And that's where it gets a little bit tricky. That's why you need to either be really good at copywriting or hire a copywriter to help you with this. copywriters, their big job, which nobody really, um, talks about, their biggest job is editing, like to cut, 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 the more you can cut things out and make them more clear and more concise, the better off you're going to be. So what are those five criteria? Well, I talk about them all the time. You need to address the problem, the problem that your audience is having that you solve. So you're adding in the solution. Um, the benefit that they're going to receive to having that problem solved, so, um, they have a problem that's keeping them up at night. You're solving the problem. But what happens after you solve the problem? Well, you make their life happy and glee and they're, they love you. Um, then the, the fourth component is how do they get to that solution? And this is really where you're like, buy now, click here, download, you know, all of those different things. And then, uh, last but not least is setting the expectation of what that process looks like. And so I think, um, people drop the ball here in that they don't say you know they may have a free download but they don't say what happens next like um here's your problem here's here's the solution i have for you here's how it's going to help you um fill out this form and after you know they complete the the subscription form either whether it's um, you know, after they've submitted and you have a specific page set up that says, hey, check your email, um, whatever that is, but don't drop the ball, continue to nurture the relationship so they have expectations and then you can meet those expectations and you become the hero. Um, so that's, uh, that is really how you create the, the clear the clarity and the conciseness of what you're trying to put out there. Now that's a lot to shove into one little um, opt-in form or a landing page or whatever that is. So it takes some practice and um, there's some really great books out there that can help you with that copywriting process. So I'm going to recommend three of them and then I'm going to stick them in the show notes so you have them. Uh, Ray Edwards is one of my favorite people to learn from. He has a really succinct way of teaching how to do copywriting and is just he's just phenomenal and so uh, i always start people there he has two books that i really recommend one is called money words and you know the uh the title explains it all it's how you can sell more by using the you know choosing the words that you put into all of your different copy uh, again, that's called Money Words. And then the other book that I recommend by him is called How to Write Copy That Sells. And so I will link to those in the show notes. They are both resources that I highly recommend. And then the third resource that I recommend to pretty much everybody, and I require my clients to go through the process with me, but is the Story Brand book by Donald Miller it will give you a lot of insight into how to create that copy and create it in a way that is compelling to your audience, compelling to uh, your readers and anyone uh, who you're trying to reach. So creating that copy um, is really, really important and it's something that you can get good at. And then eventually, um, if you have the resources, you can outsource that. But it's really important for you to have those tools and to read those three books so that even when you're ready to outsource those pieces, you hire a copywriter that understands the power of story and understands the power of um, really not just creating copy, but creating compelling copy that is succinct and clear. So I will stick those three uh, resources in the show notes so you have them. So the next component I have um, to really create a compelling call to action is to have a goal and make sure it's measurable. I think a lot of times we dive into our sales funnels without any thought process or strategy. And when you don't have numbers to measure what you're doing, it's really easy to get off track, spend a lot of time doing something and then wake up one day and go, oh, why am I doing this again? Because it's not helping me, you know, get to where I want to be. It's not helping me make the money I want to make, whatever that might be. Um, And so make sure there's some kind of goal or caveat to what you're doing. A a disclaimer I want to stick in here is that even though I'm telling you to measure and look at your numbers, I always want you to remember that the people that are subscribing to whatever it is you're offering to them, um, they're not just numbers, they are people. And so sometimes I think we we get stuck in the the mindset of, oh, I only have, you know, 100 subscribers. Well, you may only have 100 subscribers, but that's 100 people. And if you put it in the perspective of if you walked into a room of 100 people who wanted to hear from you all the time, that's very powerful. Uh, So although you're measuring your goals and you're setting goals, also keep in mind that there are real people behind those numbers. And it's important for you to um, come across and interact with those people and cultivate and nurture those relationships with people, not just the numbers. So number three is again, have a goal and measure it. Number four is you need to create some kind of urgency. And this is a lot of people don't do this with their um, calls to action and, it's different in different spots, depending on, you know, which type of call to action you're using now on a sales page, you definitely want to create urgency because if you don't, people aren't going to sign up, they're not going to move forward, but this can also be used in different um, areas as well. So you may have a download that's expiring. Say you went, I'm going to do a speaking engagement tomorrow, actually. And, Um, You know, I usually have a download for those people, but I put a time limiter on it because if you give people the opportunity to um, wait it out, they just won't do it. They just won't take the action. And that's the power of urgency. So you know, how are you going to create urgency? Are you going to have an offer that expires? Are you going to um, emphasize that there are negative results if they don't act? You know, playing up, you know, what's going on right now, what's causing the problem? And um, that problem will continue and get worse. And this is, you know, if you don't take action. And then um, whenever you have that urgency put in there, you eliminate the option for them to decide later. And that's really where the urgency is piece of this plays into the equation. You really want them to take action. You want them to take action now because we all are busy and it's really easy to get distracted and people will say, oh yeah, I'll do that later, but then they don't do it. And so anytime you can create urgency around that, that's, that's a better option. Number five is to remove the risk. So let's just say, you know, you're not selling something. Let's say you're doing, you have a download on your website, but people are like, oh, I don't know, you know, I don't know if I trust giving you my name and my email address because who knows what's going to happen to it. It might get stolen. All this stuff is going on with Facebook. All of their stuff was breached, you know, whatever it is they have in their mind. Um, And so if you put just the either a double opt-in option or even that um little checkbox for GDPR on your website it gives them the surety that their information is protected especially um another key component you might have in here is making sure that your website has an SSL on it i've talked about that before that's a secure socket layer license and that tells them that their information processed on your website is secure so there's little components you can stick in there to ensure them that you are you know you're going to protect their information you're removing the risk of them entering that information and you're not going to sell it you may see that also as um con content or copy on some people's different um download pages like we'll never sell or distribute your information you know and stuff like that and it's just reassuring them that they're safe there's their information is safe with us and you know on a sales page of course there's different ways to do that and um i'm, I'm gonna leave it at that but you want to remove as much risk as you can and give people the confidence to move forward with you and then number six is to use pop-ups for your calls to action. And I know pop-ups are super annoying, but they totally work. I have a pop-up on my website and I took them off for a long time, but um, I was convinced to try them again. And the numbers that I get for both conversion and um, views, of course, views are high because they pop up, but for conversion specifically are much higher for a pop-up than just a static landing page opt-in. And so just something to think about. You may love them or hate them, but they definitely work because they grab the reader's attention and they ask them to make a choice right then and there. People will, um, depending on what, you know, the offer is, it needs to be compelling. Again, if you're not making it compelling and it's boring and it's some, you know, white paper that they don't have any desire to read or don't have time to read, then you're not going to get a lot of um, traction regardless of what you use. But if you are, say, a clothing company and you have a $20 off coupon and it pops up and they're like, hey, save $20 right now on your order, um, strategically put that in front of them. Like maybe when they're first shopping, no, that's probably not the right location, but you can set pop-ups to show up on specific pages at certain times, after a certain amount of time has happened, if they click a certain button. So get really you know, creative about how you use those and think through your strategy. Again, have a plan. If you don't have a plan and you're winging it, it's going to appear that way. And that is probably 90% of people out there that have businesses. They're just winging it and hoping something works. So don't be those people, you're too smart for that. That's why you're listening to this podcast. So let's talk about a few uh, tricks of the trade to um, get more traction with your calls to action. So number one is you wanna use action words, things like sign up now, download, Uh, grab your download, schedule a free call, buy now. All of those things are like very compelling, very short, and tell them exactly what you want them to do, which is take action. So if you want them to take action, you need to use action words. Number two is create some sort of curiosity. Um, You know, people innately are curious, and if you can trigger that curiosity in uh, your copy to get them to move forward so uh, an example of this is you may read a blog post and you may have at the bottom of the blog post hey are you um, say the blog post is about dog training and the entire thing is just an overview of how to walk your dog on a on a leash effectively well you get to the bottom of the article and you may have the, the authors call to action is, Hey, are you having problems with potty training too? check out this article or how potty training can be effective puppy potty training in 24 hours or something like that. Something to pique their curiosity. Chances are, if they're trying to train their dog to walk, they're also having other behavioral, um, hiccups with their, with their puppy. So how can you work that into your calls to action? How can you work that into you know what you're selling and what you're trying to move them forward into? And not every call to action has to be a sale. Let me be clear about that. So calls to action are really just components of your sales funnel, meaning um, some of them may just be like, I want to get to know you better. I want to you know I want to share more information. We go back and forth. Um, and so think about what that looks like. And and a good example of that is. Uh, Facebook posts. So you can totally cultivate curiosity on a Facebook uh, post by asking a question. And when you create those open-ended questions that pique their curiosity, um, you're going to have more engagement, you're going to have more comments, and you're also going to start to build and nurture those relationships. So tip number two is to create some sort of curiosity with your calls to action. Number three is to always focus on giving value. If you've listened to this podcast long enough, you know that I am a big proponent of providing value. There's a lot of fluff out there. There's a lot of just not good information. There's a lot of just, Hey, I'm going to tell you all about me. And you don't want to be that person because you're not going to stand out in the crowd. People are not going to remember you and you're not going to have a lot of traction in what you're doing. We are in a very crowded online market space. And I would say even offline market space. And so anything you can do to differentiate yourself from everyone else out there is a betterment in my eyes and in the eyes of your leads and customers. So, you want your audience to have the opinion, you know, if if they're giving me this much value and information for free, I can't imagine what their paid stuff is like. It's gotta be awesome. And that's the feeling you want people to have whenever they interact with you, regardless of what's happening. Is it gonna be a hundred percent of the time? Probably not. You're probably gonna have days um that you know it's you're you're doing the best you can. Everybody's doing the best they can, but overall, if your intention is to provide value and give people an experience to not only remember, but talk about, the better it is for you and for your brand. So number four, this is a really powerful one, but anytime you have a call to action, especially in a situation where you're asking your subscriber to spend money with you. So if that's a sales page, or if you're, you know, doing a webinar and you're, um, asking them to enroll in something, you want to use some sort of social proof. And so what does social proof look like? Some people don't know what that means. Social proof is really, um, you proving that you're an authority and that you can do what you say you can do. And so that can appear in, um, in ways such as reviews. So Yelp reviews, Google reviews, Facebook reviews, um, testimonials, like anybody that loves what you've done for them and especially testimonials that go from point A to point B. So I was here and now I'm here. Anytime you can get your customers to share those testimonials with you, um, just open up a doc and save them because you can plug them in, in a multiple arena of places. And then last but not least are case studies. So case studies are really cool when you have um, the opportunity to kind of tell a story. So a podcast is a great place for a case study where you can have that person come on and share their story and then walk through what you guys did together and then what their results were. Uh, This could also work on a video and then it could also work with blog posts. Like if you're going to do a series and talk about, you know, introduce who it was, uh, where they were at, then the second post would be something about, you know, the action steps that you took. And then the last one is kind of the neat little bow that ties it all together. That talks about, you know, we implemented these, it took this much time and here's the results. Um, everybody loves that. And they stay tuned in because it's relatable. So anytime you can add uh, some type of social proof to your calls to action, they will be more effective. And then last but not least, um, just invite people. as I said, when I started this episode, over 70% of small businesses don't have a call to action anywhere. They don't have it on their website. They don't have, they don't even have uh, a, a way to opt in to get on an email list. They don't use them in their blog posts They're not using them on social media. So if you just put into your mind with every piece of content that you're going to create or anytime that you're out in front of people that you're going to invite them to take the next step, and just continue inviting them inviting 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 and you will see traction right away because you will just by that um, method alone stand out from other people and the opportunity to create really a clear and specific reason for them to move forward with you it takes you even one step further so the the typical call to action I see on websites, and I'm sure you guys have seen it too, but specifically on on websites and even with, you know, in life in live settings is join our mailing list. I'm like, why <laughs> it's such a, you know, sign up for our newsletter. Why? Like, there's no reason, like they don't tell you why you'd want to be on the newsletter or what compelling information you're going to share with them. Whereas, so let's, let's look at a, you know, a crafter, for example, cause I was in the crafting um, arena, just recently looking up a bunch of different, um, tutorials and things and not, I can't think of one crafting company out there right now that has something that's like, this would be compelling to me. Um, download, you know, the top 15 fonts that work best on your Cricut machine for cutting out vinyl. Like to me, I would be like, uh, yes, immediately. I want to know what those fonts are. I know. I want to know how to put them on my machine. I want to know, um, why they're the best ones. Why do they work the best? You know, whatever it is, but that's getting really, really clear about a problem, giving a really quick solution. And I'd be like, sweet, they're giving me this for free. What do I get? You know, if I do something else with them. So however that looks for your business and, um, your audience, That's what you want to do. But you want to make sure that you're always inviting them. So that's a wrap for today. Uh, I will have all of the details about this episode in the show notes, including those three resources I mentioned at the beginning of the episode. So you can find all of that information at alisaconner.com forward slash 59, because this is episode 59. So until next week, uh, I will actually... When this episode goes live, I will be in California learning from one of my mentors. So I'm super excited about that. So I will be sharing that with you in a few weeks, but next week we are going to talk about the power of WordPress and why I recommend and use that for my clients and why I think you should be on WordPress too. So if you don't have a website yet, or you have a website that you're not happy with, tune in next week and you're gonna learn all about WordPress and the advantages and benefits of being on WordPress. So until then, have a wonderful week and I will see you soon. Take care. Just a reminder, don't forget to sign up for my free training to create your irresistible download. Everybody wants a great free download. Why shouldn't you have one too? Grow and build your email list so you can get more clients by joining me on my free training at elisaconnercom forward slash create my freebie. I'll see you soon.